Hey, how was your week? Um, I kind of like half lost my voice this week. So if I sound a bit croaky and if the podcast isn't quite so long, then you got to understand it's because my voice is not operating properly. The winter temperatures have suddenly started to affect me and have given me uh, quite a bad cold. <clears throat> but ignoring all of that and hoping that I don't croak my way all the way through these segments, I'm really excited to see that Leon Ma- Leanne Moriarty, the author of Big Little Lies, has got a new book out. Now, I believe she's Australian. Um, she was pictured with Nicole Kidman celebrating her new book um, about a couple of days ago. And she really is inspiring because the Big Little Lies book is amazing. The way that it's told, each chapter kind of flipping characters from perspective of a different character and also with a little um, element at the end of each chapter where a group of people are having a discussion about what's happened in the, in the chapter almost or about something that's going to come up. A group of characters from the story are sitting around a table talking about the story um, from the point of view that they know what's happened, from, from the point of view of people who've been through the story or witnessed the story. So it's really intriguing because it pops back and forth, Big Little Lies, so I'm, I can't wait to see what she's done with this new one. Oh, yesterday I had a really busy day. Um, I'm trying to do my house up. I've had some new windows in. Got someone to put in a new blind in my kitchen yesterday um, to keep the sun out. <laughs> I say the sun, but the sun's probably gone now for the winter. And um, I also got my slow cooker, which I'll probably speak about in a segment, which is exciting for me because it's easy cooking. And easy cooking is very, very welcome um, as I'm not really that good. And I don't allow myself enough time to cook properly. What else can I talk about? Well, Spice Girls is a big deal. I'll talk about that. Um, Them coming back. Um, You know, a mixed reaction, but definitely a sellout. What else is going on? My favourite author, Joanne Harris, she's in Vilnius. She's doing some promotion out there. And her new book this week comes out. Um, I've read so many of her books, but I'm still reading her novella, uh, A Pocket Full of Crows. And the one that's coming out this week is the, the next kind of folky um, book. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's very unique, but it's, it's in a series that belong with lots of illustrations. And um, well, it's, these are beautiful books. So I need to get ordering that. Comes out on the 15th of November. She is amazing as well. Obviously, I'm going to talk about writers. I am writing myself. I've just written a few blog posts, just short ones. Did a poem just now. Um, And I need to get back to my main manuscript, which is about halfway through my ghostly story. Today, I will, of course, read a little bit more of my short ghostly story. Um, And, um, yeah. So... Communicate with me. Tell me what you're thinking. I want some people to react to my podcast. I know some people have heard it, but I don't know if anybody um, has the time to just pop a comment or just tell me you're out there. Maybe I should do a blog about um, making cooking as easy as possible. I mean, for me... I can chuck stuff in a pan and stir it. I can put stuff in an oven and wait for it. But the rest of it, it's complicated. I mean, there's rules and things, you know, like how long you have to cook chicken for, temperatures they have to be at in the centre, signals that tell you when they're ready or they're overcooked. All those things are way out of my league. But, I mean, I've just become friends with the slow cooker. 
my friend Sophie, she had one and uh, a couple of other people used them and suddenly I realised now it's winter, they're perfect for like making a stew or a casserole without really much effort at all and with cheap ingredients. You just put them there in the morning, put the stuff in, um, season it, wait for it to go for it and come home and you've got something really cool to eat. And when I say cool, I mean hot. <laughs> so yeah, I've just got myself this slow cooker and fingers crossed it might be something um, that, that makes a difference to my life because I'm very disorganised with food and I often go for the easy option, like the ready prepared food or get something ordered in or meet my friends at restaurants instead of actually cooking. So yeah, apart from that I can make things with pasta. I can chuck bacon and mushrooms and peppers in and I can put some olive oil and I get an alright pasta. And I'm really good at a fry up. That's not really a healthy option though. So yeah, maybe you can tell me some more about what is a slow cooker used for? Apart from casseroles and soups, I certainly want to be the slow cooker king or certainly in my house, a version of it. What else can we talk about? Well, I was thinking as well, when I, food is in my head all the time. And uh, when I get home from work each day, I have to have a mince pie now because I'm really getting into that kind of wintry sort of spirit, festive spirit. So a mince pie has to be there ready for me. And I guess I'd like to learn to bake and maybe at some point this winter, bake my own mince pies. That would be a real achievement for me. Um, I don't know how you find baking, but it's really kind of getting interesting, especially with the Bake Off being so successful. People like Liam Charles doing his own baking show and stuff. I really need to get into that as well as slow cooking. Maybe I'll turn myself into a chef. I don't know, but for now, it's alien territory, but I'm going to have a go. keep seeing things in the news about shops closing down. Something like 14 high street shops closed down in the UK every single day. I want to say day. Um, loads of shops closing down. That's not to say there aren't loads opening up, but it does seem to, to me that more are shutting than opening. And a lot of that is down to our cultural changes. I was listening to the radio today and a lot of cafes and bars are closing because people are choosing to have little soirees, little parties at home now rather than going out to save money. Um, they can just, you know, crack on the Netflix and uh, open the homebrew. I don't know, but they can save money and be sociable at home. People are having little dinner parties and things and just informal stuff rather than going out. Just like clubbing starting to die off because people didn't bother, didn't make the effort to go out and go into those sort of environments anymore. Now part of me thinks, well, it makes sense. <clears throat> I mean, I do a lot of dinner party things myself, but also I go out a lot and I don't want these places to, to die off. Normal high street shops, I can see why they are struggling because we are choosing to have things delivered to our door. There is a cautionary tale there though, because actually the more stuff we have delivered to our door, the more transport is being used, the more pollution is being given off, and actually we're damaging our environment in, in many more ways, I guess, than just simply if we did a multiple shop at different shops all at once. If we went into the high street and bought, say, 10 things in 10 different shops, rather than having 10 separate deliveries, then we're being more economical and definitely environmentally friendly. Um, that's how it seems anyway. Um, it does worry me. I remember when I did my geography degree, it was all about sort of the death of high streets and these out-of-town stores. But now it's even less so that. It's more 
online and the dominance of giants such as Amazon, which I use, but I think we have to be super careful that we don't rely overly on delivered stuff. And we do make use of being able to look around and enjoy the shopping experience and support those shops in towns and cities as well. And I certainly love being in a high street and the feeling of that buzz. So it'd be a shame if they all turned into places like Grantham, where you have lots of closed down stores or lots of very hmm, tacky stores um, because they don't have any of the big stores um, investing in them. good to see the Spice Girls coming out of retirement. Um, I kind of thought they would at some point. And I'm not really massively surprised that Victoria Beckham decided not to join them because she really didn't sing anyway. She never looked comfortable. And, well, can you remember doing her doing any single lines herself? Maybe once, but mostly she was in the background very much so. so. But the Spice Girls were on Jonathan Ross last night. They were having a whale of a time. And yes, they're 20 years older, but they're still vibrant, they're still energetic, they're funny. But to sell out so many tickets yesterday, I mean, tickets went, went on sale about half past 10, and by the end of the day, they'd almost sold out about 650,000 tickets to stadiums, because they're going to football stadiums where they can sell 30,000 or 60,000 seats at a time. It's amazing. I think they're definitely going to be set up after that for a nice retirement or at least another 10 years before they have to do it again. And if they then take it to America or around the world, then brilliant. They're really going to be loaded. Um, and well done them. You know, they've managed to get this kind of reputation that, that means they can just say, we're doing a comeback tour and everybody buys tickets. I mean, 650,000 people. That's astonishing. That's brilliant. Let's just hope they live up to their reputation and they can still sing those songs. But I reckon they probably can. They're not difficult songs. They're fun songs. They're poppy songs. They're songs that we can all sing along to and the audience can join in with. We're not expecting Mariah Carey. We're not expecting perfection. Not that Mariah Carey can even do her own songs properly these days. She struggles. As we saw in New York, was it last year? When they did the New Year thing? And she um, she had a problem um, with the lyrics and with being in sync with the music. But anyway, respect to them all. Great to see them back. And uh, wow, 650,000. Well, today is Remembrance Sunday and last night they had an amazing um, celebration. It's hard to say celebration, commemoration really, of the 100 years end of the First World War and the Queen was there at the Royal Albert Hall. I watched it on TV and was quite intrigued. I had a friend there as well. Um, it was good to see that kind of given centre stage, the importance that, and of course nobody's alive that was in that war, that fought in that war now, the First World War, um, and how, you know, it is vital that we, we remember and um, we take time to think about what happened then. I totally respect that and, and have a lot of time for people that, um, you know, put effort into supporting families of those people who gave their, their lives to war. And it's a very sad and very tragic thing, really, that we have to endure wars in order to just to stay, in a sense, at peace. Anyway, yesterday, Michael Palin did a reading and um, also, of course, Sheikh Kanu Mason, who I follow and really, really like, um, did 
quite a moving performance as well on his cello. Um, there were various readings, there was some singing from two guys from McFly, um, and generally, you know, the use of orchestra, the involvement of the soldiers and the RAF was really, really, uh, well, it made your, your eyes water. And so, you know, it's coming up to, it's going to be 11 o'clock in 40 minutes. And because um, I'm, I'm recording this little segment on the Sunday, a little bit late this week with my podcast. But I just want to say, you know, I totally pay my respects and, and have nothing but admiration for those people who, who fought so hard to protect our country and to give us the the groundings of a stability that, that hopefully we can keep. Although right now, I do wonder what with uh, everything going on in the world. Um, so yes, I pay my, pay my respects. I wanted to start reading you segments from my, my very first to be published book, which should be out next May. It's called The Fathers, the Sons and the Anxious Ghost. Here goes. The rain was thundering down against the car bonnet. The window wipers were going at it but seemed to have no effect in clearing the cloudy windscreens. The clock read 8.20 and I knew we were going to be up against it if we wanted to make it to school in time. I blame her. We could have just sent him to the local primary school. It was just down the road. We could have practically fallen out of the front door and arrived at school each day. Instead of this, Hannah had to be fighting for a place at a school in the next town. She had said it had better results. She reckoned it would far improve his chances of doing well in life and set him up well for secondary school. What a load of rubbish. All it did was put an eight mile journey between us and where he needed to go each day down single lane carriageways. A road which was winding and often blocked with farm vehicles and slow moving buses, parked cars and the occasional horse. It was his special assembly today. I could not let him be late. Each year group only did one play a year and this was going to be it for him. His big day. She could not even be bothered to attend the thing. She had a meeting which she simply could not miss. I had arranged to go into work late but she refused to change her meeting as she said it meant losing client confidence. Clients came first. At least that's how it seemed to me. She never changed her feelings around... her things around for him. Poor Max never moaned or whinged about it, but he must have known that she could have gone if she'd felt like it. Anyway, I clapped and made a fuss of him regardless. He bundled into the back seat, chucked his bag next to him and closed the door, shutting out the rain. I waited for him to click his seatbelt together and put my foot down. With any luck, we'd make it in time with moments to spare. His mother stood under the shelter of the porchway and smiled at him sweetly. How fake it all felt. She was probably working out who she could screw over today and how much she could swindle them for. After all, lawyers are always thinking of their next win. They preyed on misfortunes and opportunities which usually arose out of conflict. Max wiped down his coat and then called out to me. Turn up the radio, Dad. Ed Sheeran was on. I knew exactly what this meant. He started to join in with the lyrics. I soon joined in as well. Before long, being late had slipped my mind. We belted out the song and swayed our heads in time with the beat. He punched the air periodically and I beeped the horn at the end of the chorus. I love it when we do that, Dad. The local countryside had quickly passed us by. We were now entering the neighbouring town and seemed to be doing well. As the radio blurted out the news, I began to become aware of how much my thighs hurt me right now. It had been a tiring leg day at the gym the night before. So many people thought I was one of those gym obsessives. I wasn't. I admit it made me feel good. Well, it made me feel good afterwards at least. When the endorphins had been released and you have worked up a sweat, your body automatically feels relaxed and stress is relieved a bit, even if momentarily. 
The main reason I started going was to give me some space from her. I did it to get me out of the house. Originally it was just twice a week, but now it was almost every day. Addiction? Not really. Avoidance tactic? Yes, that's a better way of describing it. Matthew was more reluctant to be decisive as he was frozen to the spot, wondering how on earth to get out of there. No more noises seemed to emerge from the hallway, but then suddenly, and making Kate and him jump out of their skins, a dark creature sped across the floor in front of them. Kate quickly turned on her light and it stared at her, with its eyes reflecting the bright white shine. Matthew leaned over to her to catch his breath as they both realised it was merely a black cat, probably lost and startled by these two cumbersome teenagers. I don't think I can take any more, she panted, reaching into her pocket for a chewing gum and then handing him it before popping one into her own mouth. But I must find out who lived here. Why is it so renowned? They opened the cabinet to reveal pictures of a family. The same family was in each picture, but in different places. Some by the seaside, others by the mountains. And one or two, just around that once glamorous looking house. There was one thing they all had in common which did not instantly grab their attention, but as soon as it did, they both looked at each other in disbelief. They noticed that each picture had an outline of one particular person, but their details had faded. In every single picture, this taller man had a body and clothing, but no clear face, no eyes, no mouth, and certainly no features which could make him identifiable. It creeped them out for a moment. Kate grabbed one of the pictures and dragged Matthew out of the house quickly. They rode their bikes as fast as they could through the wind and rain which had now come down vigorously until they arrived back outside the shop. They sat there leaning into each other on a deserted park bench which lingered outside the shops and looked out onto a field and stream. Kate was in shock and Matthew could not get his head around it one little bit. They found themselves shaking and cold, but wrapped in each other's coats, soggy and forlorn as the rain eased and then they contemplated going home. Hey, well, um, I'm sorry it was quite short this week and I'm sorry my throat is not liking me. It's quite sore even just talking to you right now. It's a bit wimpy of me to say that, isn't it? I kind of rely on my voice for my job and for everything, really. Apart from, of course, writing, which is my maybe future career, I hope. Well, if you help me anyway, <laughs> maybe you'll take a chance to read my stuff when it comes out. At the moment, all I've got is the short stories, which includes the ghostly intrigue. But the new novella is being developed by a publisher, and that's the one I read you a little insight to. I read you the first half of chapter one, and I'll read you the second half of it. Um, there are only two halves, of course, next week. Um, so yes, have a great week, get in the Christmassy spirit, I'm just about to go shopping um, a little bit later on and uh, grab some food, and uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the week, and maybe, just maybe, you'll want to tell your friends about the podcast, and it's nothing special, it's just me talking and wittering on, but I hope that it's a warm and friendly podcast that you can associate with, and of course, I'm really keen for someone to come and talk to me uh, on here, and have a little chat on the podcast about whatever you like, really, particularly things to do with the telly, to do with the news, politics, celebrity, all of those things I'm interested in, and of course, more importantly for me, books. If you want to talk about a book, Come on, have a word. Let's go for it. Let me have a look at it first, of course, so I know what we're talking about. Anyway, see you next week, hopefully. <laughs>